Today's Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. You've heard me talk about Cufflinks before. You know all the awesome, geeky, as well as super high-class products they have. And if you check their homepage, they're always listing a bunch of deals for you. And, of course, I did just tell you one, DVR20. So go ahead and use that. And you know what? You still got to look good, people. We know you got to be careful out there. We still got corona going on, but you can still look good if you're zooming it or even if you're just walking past someone looking outside a window. So head on over to cufflinks.com today. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Welcome to DVR Does Mine Hunter, baby. We're back hunting mines, season two, episode seven. We're getting close to the end. I'm your host, Heath Solo, and with me, of course, is Mr. Axel Foley. And remember, Mine Hunter Pod is part of the DVR Podcasting Network. You can go to DVRpodcast.com, find out all the things we're doing. What's current? We got backlogs of great shows, The Bachelor, Westworld, Game of Thrones, all kinds of good stuff and new stuff. Fact Daddy experiences and all kinds yeah. of filmless and Mindhunter. And if you want to get even more exclusive content, especially from the mouth of Axel Foley, you can go to patreon.com slash DVR and become a patron. Yes. A couple bucks a month. You can you can you can listen to it all. Listen and plus, to it all. as you know, as and, and little Axel's in the background right now. <laughs> and uh, as you know, I'm producing a film, The Star City Murders, and we do an exclusive pod uh, behind the scenes of the process of filmmaking. So, uh, if you become a patron, you can uh, maybe get some exclusive uh, mm-hmm. pods exclusive. thrown your way. Anyway, enough with all the homework and or people call it housekeeping mm. and one-stop shop stuff mm-hmm. axel foley we're back to hunting minds episode seven directed by carl franklin yeah how you doing i'm doing great thanks for the intro solo everyone thanks for listening and the patreon people will be hearing these first so i'm gonna try to actually when we get around to when we're done with this and we banked all these episodes, I'm going to put out a little thing on the feed saying, hey, you want to hear them all now? Go over and become a patron because we're trying to drum it up, get back into the podcasting, do more stuff. We're going to continue with this. We're going to cover Fincher films. I've been listening to uh, the books that John Douglas wrote. There's like 10 of them. I'm already through two of them. I'm just going to keep on listening to Whoa. all of them, dude. Yeah, it's great stuff, man. He wrote so many books. Um, and I didn't. Re- I didn't realize. I thought it was just the one, and then I found the one that Jonathan Groff. Yeah, the killer does. across the table, Mindhunter. Yeah. Dude, he did a million of them. He did a whole book about the Green River Killer. He did a book about. He did. He really loves to talk about this shit. And he and I think that's why I'm beginning a new appreciation for the show. And I almost feel like we should wait a couple of years and do a rewatch and t- and fill in all the blanks from his books and stuff like that and do it more from that angle than the TV um, like yeah. film angle. 
it's it's so worth it. And after watching this episode too, which this was a strange episode, it really hit me in a very different way. I felt the last episode was so expertly paced and directed and it was like a film. And I felt like this episode is the middle part of a three-parter, right? That the that that mm-hmm. maybe like because we got two more episodes after this, but I feel like the final episode almost kind of works on its own. But these episodes kind of bridge the gap of what's going on in Atlanta and really push us into that. Even though there's even more stuff that happens, it was a very busy episode. We don't stay in one place for too long. We're going here. We're going there. We're with different characters. Um, but overall, a lot of shit happened and it really forwarded the story and, and really, I thought, brought home a lot of the aspects that they're dealing with in Atlanta, but also the themes were really present of almost the whole series. So I felt it was a little bit of a a sneak peek of the finale um, but also a joining episode, but also a crazy episode where it was like they threw everything in. Like, we got to talk a little bit about Wendy. We got to talk a little bit about Homer, right? Like, there's <laughs> yeah. a little of this. Like, they're kind of making this, making the soup or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm just yeah. excited to talk Mindhunter, baby. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those episodes that it just felt like there were different kinds of like filmmaking where the tone of the show is usually a certain way. This one just seemed not MTV. I don't want to use that, (laughs) but it felt like almost like natural born killers where Oliver Stone used so many different film stocks and different things. It just, it felt all out of place to keep you uneasy, but it really correlated with what Bill Tench is going through with going to Atlanta, dealing with Holden, dealing with the locals, dealing with the case, going back home, has to deal with Brian and his wife, has to deal with Wendy and all the stuff going back at at Quantico. Like this whole thing of Bill's life where he doesn't even, he says he gets a weekend, but he doesn't get a weekend because he has to deal with family stuff. And so there's all this stuff going on in Bill's mind and his body. I'm just poor guy. I'm just, I thought he was going to have a heart attack this episode. I, you know, he's just, uh, yeah. Solo, I'm feeling it as you were saying it, you really, mm -hmm. you put into, I was trying to find the kind of the thoroughfare of this episode because it was kind of hectic in many ways. Hectic. That's a good word. That's a good you you found it. You're right. It's Bill, right? Like we're feeling mm-hmm. in the same way. I think if we go back to a similar number towards the end of the season episode and talk about how Holden was in season one, right? Right. And what happens to him at the end, like everything's just pushing him and pushing him. Um, I think we're finding the same thing happening with Bill. And we've seen it throughout the season two where he just gets everything Holden gets to be the golden boy, right? Who who gets pissed off and he's pissy at Bill the whole fucking episode. Oh yeah, about him going back to Atlanta and not being fully invested in the case, yeah. not not knowing what's going on. Like, dude, 
give him a break. But he's Holden doesn't yeah. think like that. Yeah, and he doesn't know. I think if and he doesn't. Yes, yeah. if Bill had said to him, "Hey, this is what's happening with Brian." I think Holden would have immense empathy for that. And he would immediately make the connection between their work and what the, you know what I mean? And how, how much harder mm-hmm. it is that he studies serial killers, sons doing this shit. And with the crosses and everything, the way they oh, brought yeah. it into everything was amazing. Uh, but he doesn't know. So he's a dick to him the whole time. And Bill, just everything gets thrown on it. And he's supposed to be watching for him, right, at the same time. He's got to deal with the politics. He's got to volunteer to be, uh, to take, the go do the uh, KKK bar thing that we're going to see, right? Like, watch what's happening over there. Um, he's volunteering for to sit down as soon as the lady comes home right when barb and him yep. are there the woman visits he immediately shifts well well, well. barb who's barb you mean nance nance i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> who's barb axel i always want you know what in my mind i always want to call her barb <laughs> i don't know why she's like a barb yeah. to me yeah, she's kind of a she, she barb. She could be a barb, yeah. a barb and Nance, you know. Anyway, barb. I like that. Name. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got that too excited. Uh, you but, did. I love anyway, it. I, but, I, yeah, I usually do that. But that's how it's. That's how this episode felt, right? Like it's giving me energy thinking about it. That sure. he had to immediately, whatever situation he's in, not only does Bill have to physically be there, which is tough enough. But he has to mentally be the most aware person in all senses where Holden gets to have his feelings and 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 go into his mind hunter meditations, right, where he's just spouting shit. Nance gets to cry or have her own experiences and live what's happening there. But Bill doesn't get to really do anything but like be forced to try to control it. And I think that that's interesting because for me, thematically, that also plays into the idea of these serial killers where control, domination are their main things. It's like he's being forced to do what he kind of is telling everyone else is not good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and just to backtrack just a little bit, um, the thing with if 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 bill told holden what was going on with brian i think holden would be so like you said he would understand he wouldn't want bill to be in atlanta bill needs to be in atlanta for bill by admitting it i think to holden it goes to a new level of what's going on in his life he could talk to wendy wendy is technically what I mean, she's like a therapist anyway. He trusts Wendy. Uh, Holden, there would be a lot more going on there. And Bill knows he needs to be there. He mm-hmm. can't just let Holden do the whole thing because it just yeah. it, it just wouldn't work. So there's a lot, a lot of deep um, layers to why he hasn't told Holden. And especially Bill may not know how Holden would react, you know, (laughs) you know, it's just so there uh, it really, um, you know, Bill just, he tries to hold everything together for everyone, but eventually, you know, I don't know. 
I don't even think we'll see it. This this would be in future. Seasons. I think Holden would. I mean, uh, Bill would break and finally just lose his lose his shit. Um, but he's so strong and holding everything together. But there's too much on Bill. And like you said, the hectic episode. Uh, as we're going to get more into as we go along, it just really, I really felt for Bill. Like, honestly, I think my blood pressure was going up, Axel. Yeah. Like, wondering, like, man, this guy is on the move. He's flying. He's doing this. He's he's not even, he's not even, he has one drink and he's got to right. go. Like, he can't even, Bill can't even get wasted. And I That's think. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's right. Uh, I, I got, what does he, what does he say again? I got to get horizontal. I love that. I got to get flat. That's what he says. Yeah. I got to get flat. I got to get flat. I love that. Um, Yeah. It's unfair the position he's been put in because if he, I think there is thing. If he tells Holden, I think one, he's afraid that Holden might tell him his son is a serial killer. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Like he doesn't want Holden's amazing brain he doesn't want to know the truth. He doesn't really, right. he can't handle it right now. He's just got to get worked through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, two, he can't tell Holden because you're right. Holden's going to tell him that he shouldn't be there, that he should be there with his family, but he has to be there. Like you said, to watch Holden, like that's yeah. really part of his main job is to be his handler. So he's been put in a bad situation but then Holden is the one person who he should tell and probably really in his heart. And from what we've seen of these two fellas, Hey, remember when they were in the hotel and Holden like had to sit really close to him and touched <laughs> yeah, his leg. Yeah. Like he yeah. loves bill and bill loves yeah. him too. They love each other and he wants to tell him and that not telling him is also is driving them apart is affecting the investigation it's affecting yep. everything. And it's just like the serial killers. It ends in these heinous acts of violence that affect people's lives. But what it really begins with is little lies and not being able yeah. to talk about your feelings, your dumb feelings, right? Um, that's what it really come, boils down to. All these, this big stuff and traveling all over the world is, is, a, is a, a man, mostly, can't handle his feelings yeah and 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 also it's just oh gosh with bill i I just you know it's funny because when you first watch the show you kind of you like bill and bill's awesome but it's it's if i tend to have tunnel vision and focus on holden but then as the series goes on you start to change now doing probably watching this for the third time now I am so even more focused on Bill. And, you know, season two is a lot of Bill. It started off with Holden, of course. But it it is turned a lot towards Bill, uh, which is good, which we needed. But it's just these rewatches. There's more things that pop up. One thing was weird. I was like, okay, we we got in episode six, we got left on this big cliffhanger. They get a suspect. um, They're bringing him in. And... You know, I'm wondering, are they going to do a BTK open? What are they going to do? And the cold open was interesting because it was in the it, it started like in the middle of the scene while they're taking apart the truck of the suspect and they're looking for something. And it's so it, it sets the tone for the whole episode. Yeah. But yeah. what did you think about that cold? It was just so it was it was a different cold open than we're used to. 
I thought it was brilliant because I think it speaks to everything we've already described is like they were so fucking busy. They didn't have time to shoot the opening. So you just jump right into the middle of a pan, right? Like the Mm -hmm. camera's already moving and then it's just boom and you're doing and then they're going through the thing. What's in the van, right? What's in the truck? Hey, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're right in, we've been holding them for five hours already. You're, right, you're right. pushed right into it, which is very unlike Mindhunter, right? Like usually yes. these shows start really slow. They set a tone or somebody's driving or they're pulling into the FBI, right? Or, or BTK's mailing a letter, like you were saying. So I thought it was really brilliant. And I thought it also spoke to the idea that I brought up in the beginning that this episode is not really an episode, right? Like we have the main kind of bill thing going and how we've described it. But apart from that, it really is almost like a second act rather than a complete episode where I feel like a lot of our episodes, you and I can, we can sit there and say, wow, that was like a movie. This drains the story. And that's okay, but I think that's the way they did it because I kind of feel, I really, I I would love, maybe someday we could get somebody who is in the writer's room or something or just talk a little bit about how they structured these because I almost feel like they might, may have really just done a whole story and then broken it up, you know, like instead of broken episodes. mm -hmm. It almost feels like when you talk about it, like if you get a piece of paper, not to go like Matthew McConaughey, true detective, but if you draw like a circle and then connect it, connect it with like a little like thin line to another circle, that thin line or that little like bridge is this episode. And it's yeah. just like and it's like if you jump in time from circle to circle without the bridge, you you would miss a lot. And this is like the, the stuff that's kind of all hectic in between to yeah. get to a certain point yeah. and, and, and to get to one of the big reveals. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, it, it's in the interrogation. It was interesting. Axel. It was, it was great to see Bill and Holden back in interrogating someone. And, you know, they're not interviewing a serial killer. It's not an interrogation of a particular case from before. Well, I mean, it's a case, but there, of course, there's different deadlines, different, um, different things going on in, in this sequence of events. And, of course, Holden believes he's not the guy because Holden's got his profile. And whether or not that hurts a profiler in the future, because a lot of cops, a lot of cases I, I listen to, uh, you get one suspect and you're focused on it. Holden's focused on the profile, which isn't a bad thing. Again, this is something relatively new uh, that other people don't quite understand yet. But everyone wants to look at every angle. Could be a white dude, could be KKK, could be multiple people. But Holden is so fixated that, you know, he's got his profile. And going through, it's interesting because this guy, like you think, okay, he's a big suspect. But he just seems like a normal dude. And then when it comes out that, you know, his wife's pregnant and he's, you know, he's got the urge and he just kind of 
get there's no internet porn at home. The urge and, to splurge, <laughs> as we used to urge say. To, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Sorry, got magazines. Folks. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a kid's show. Well, not really. This is not a kid's show. Uh, but, you know, he, he basically went and, you know, did his business yeah. away from anyone, you know, and his, it happens to be near a burial ground. But even Holden's reaction towards the end of the interview uh, was interesting when he finds out, wait a minute, no, no, this isn't the guy. But what do you get? What were they going for when Jim brings in the coffee and puts his fingers okay. in it? Yeah. Uh, this Talk I, to me, Goose. I love, I love this. I can't remember the other guy's name. <laughs> I don't remember Top Gun. Maverick. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. Come on, I'm dude. sorry, Maverick. Um, <laughs> wait, so I'm Anthony Edwards? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm Tom Cruise. I'm, okay. gonna, I'm jumping I'll, on my I'll couch. Take baby. I'll take it. Um, right. uh, <laughs> I I thought that this whole thing was really brilliant, and you're right. It was great to see them back together. It was. It's always fun to see them working. You knew that Holden didn't think this was the guy, and this was a waste of time. And you knew that Bill was just playing it out because. And Bill's right. He's right the whole fucking time. Like Holden's right and Bill's right, but really Bill's right because they are FBI agents. Their job is to follow the evidence. And right. if you look at the, all the stuff that they discovered by following the evidence, they actually did a great job. I mean, later on, we see that they uncover other people involved in shit with kids. That's not right. And that's not good. So they, it's not like they're wasting time, as Holden is saying. So it was good to see, though, for me, that Holden at least tried, right? But it was obvious that he didn't, he wasn't going to take this anywhere. And Bill would try to heighten the tension a little bit. And I think the thing with Jim is they were trying to figure out if he was racist because he wouldn't drink a coffee that a black right. man had put his finger in. Right, I, I don't know if he would drink it of a white man. Yeah, any right, but but I, know I mean, the, I think, the, but it, yeah. I, but you know what, Solo, what you point out, right, is kind of the silliness of that situation. Like you could look at it and say, "Oh, look at that cool FBI thing they did where he put his finger in it," but in reality. It was obvious this wasn't the guy, right? Like, he had no yeah. connection to the KKK. He had no record. It was a total coincidence. He had a valid explanation for what was going on. And then, of course, they're interrupted by there being another murder, so they have to let him go. So, yeah, and, and when Holden puts the tape out and everything, he doesn't get the reaction like they did with the, you know, not the bayonet, you know, the girl with her. It was theater. You know, yeah, it was theater. Yeah. And I but thought, it didn't uh, get the reaction like he did in the past, yeah. that other case. I know. The remember the guy was like, the rock. yes. And, and Bill said that, but he's like, we need our rock, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, when he put the tape, he's like, what's this? And the guy's like, it's <laughs> tape. I'm a plumber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Holden, you could see Holden was kind of like, I know. I just, I have to do this. Um, it, it was interesting though, because it does bring up the point of my, I, my view when this was happening was that I really was on Bill's side. What, who were you on whole, whose side were you kind of on? Um, 
Oh, you mean with the suspect? Yeah. Like, like, did, who, like, oh, did you yeah, feel yeah. like holding well, that it was a waste of time or did you feel like Bill, like we got to follow the evidence? It's it, okay. It's tough because I know the story. So in retrospect, you, you go, but it was the, I I'm with, I'm with Bill though, without knowing yeah. anything, I would be with Bill because he could, I mean, he's at the burial ground and he's, but the thing is, the magazines is weird. Like, if he really was the guy, he wouldn't have to bring magazines. He'd be, you know, getting off on what he yeah, did, the murder. Great point. So, yeah. So that's where that is a big tell. And the but, magazines were women. And they Those were women. Were boys. And, yeah, that that is totally different. And that right there is a real tip off. I mean, granted, if the guy was really smart. I mean, but he wouldn't. Yeah. Anyway, he wouldn't plant the magazines because it wouldn't make sense because it's, you know, Siemens on it and stuff. So, yeah, that that right there. But they didn't have anything. They need leads. They need to find something out. That's the point. Yeah. And and, and that's the point. Exactly. So, yeah, I would be with Bill. Now, I understand it's a waste of time from Holden's perspective, but. Okay, five hours holding them. I mean, granted, okay, so you're looking at maybe a half a day, three quarters of a day, but it's like, but what if it is him? You have to check out every lead. And that's part of the problem with all these cold cases and big time murder investigations where people are, the teams are lost and they can't find the right suspect. They move on sometimes too quickly from people, not in ruling them out when, you know, later on, 10 years later, when, a new investigation's going in. They're looking at a suspect like, why didn't they talk to people who knew? Why, why didn't they, you know, again, they're on a time crunch. The people of Atlanta, the mayor, everybody is breathing down their neck. So, it, you know, people, you've got to give law enforcement a little break here in these cases, especially in the early 80s, um, late 70s, early 80s, because. You know, things were different then. Yeah. Uh, they have so many it, people, the manpower. Only have so many people's funding. Yeah, man. So you didn't have cell phone cameras. It's and crazy. Interwebs. Yeah. When you think about it, I mean, that, yeah, what, the, the pressure that they were under. So I, I can, I understand all of that. I just am sitting there thinking, hey, but, you know, maybe when he was there, he saw something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's the that thing. Too, that, that's. That, that's what it kind of annoyed me for Holden because Holden. Okay. So you said he wouldn't really go there and jerk off on some magazines and throw them out the window if he was the killer. But you know what? According to Holden later in the episode, he's going to show up for the memorial. He's going to show up at the burial sites. Right. So he could have like, Oh yeah. No, without a doubt. But the magazines is the tip. Right. I I know, but I'm saying like, you just never know part of Holden's whole, um, idea, part of his, you know, the whole behavioral science unit here, what Holden's trying to do is to think differently. Right. And to understand that these guys make weird connections in ways that we think, are totally wrong, but to them, it's because it gives them control and attention and domination. So I was just frustrating because I love when Holden is, when I'm really able to 
like be in awe of him, you know, and be like the, a beautiful mind shit that he does, you yeah. know, Ooh, I'm like, cool, Holden, that's awesome. This episode was frustrating for me because he kept on, though he was right. And Hey, another person, another kid was killed while they were interviewing this guy. Now they didn't have a lead, so they couldn't have stopped that from happening. Right. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what they were doing, but it just was frustrating to see Holden spend so much of this episode spinning his wheels in, in his own mind, even though I thought, Hey, you're doing good stuff. Like keep, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just felt he had, well, a, he, he missed because he's so fixated on this is the guy he missed the opportunity. Like you just said of maybe turning suspect into witness and ask him questions. Yeah, well, yeah. when you're there, what did you see? Did you see anything? Like he could have used that to his advantage. Have you been there before, right? Yeah. Why did you he pick missed, this spot? Yeah. 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 He missed, he missed that, which, you know, you know, in retrospect, of course, but that's not having an open mind. Unfortunately, as beautiful as his mind is, you miss opportunities like that. Yeah. So, you know, him and Bill could have, changed it a little bit but again under the time crunch under the pressure you know they, they just they they didn't execute it yeah so um one thing i really so you know this whole thing with the vigil um it's a great great idea and holden is really okay the guy's taunting us he's dumping bodies he's doing it in all these different counties, you know, with the media and everything, he's starting to get, you know, um, just, you know, not smart, but you, you know, like cocky and he's messing with them. You're never going to catch me, blah, blah, blah. And holding the vigil it is smart because, you know, like I said, get license plates, you get different people, you can watch people and, and see, um, you know, what's going on. But this whole cross thing, Axel, the politics and having to do work orders and now they have to put them together. And, and the, and of course the way it was shot in this like horror thriller kind of weird handheld way of holding, you know, Russia to, to get the crosses at the various spots. And then I swear uh, when Holden brings the cross and you see uh, Miss Bell, they're walking was the film stock manipulated almost yes, like a newsreel? It was. It okay, was. Yep. I thought I caught that. Um, I so this was a whole interesting, it, yeah. weird uh, sequence of events. It was very weird. I thought it was very weird. Um, yeah. It builds up, of course, throughout the episode. We're seeing them holding really fixated on this plan. And by the time it comes to fruition... The nothing it it accomplishes absolutely nothing except for a white guy with a cross yeah. to be running through this crowd periodically standing with in, you know between them on the side of them in front of them. It was so strange and unnerving and did exactly what she didn't want it to do, which was to distract from the families in their mourning. Right. Mm, and yeah. wasn't the purpose for them to observe because they thought that this person would come there. They weren't able now later on, we'll see perhaps, you know, what, what, what came of this or other things. But 
for now they were not able to have any type of control over the situation to really observe it or see what what they could out of it um and i think really it was an example of kind of holden's singular vision here and like he he just gets obsessed with one thing and i think that that also kind of is you know linked thematically to what we see in the church and the community and the loss of trust in systems Mm -hmm. that are more concerned with their big ideas than with the actual people who are involved with the system. And that really is what happened. Holden lost sight of the people. He lost sight of the real job that they were there to do, which was to kind of heal the community, listen to them, help them get in touch. He keeps on arguing, right? Um, Remember last episode when they went out and interviewed people and they found out more, Jim found out more information. And in this episode, Jim finds out great information again. Oh God. I love that. Right. Where he's like, he knew him and him and him. And they all, and no one talked to you before. Yeah. First detective or whatever agent to come visit. So I think that that they did a fantastic job of not talking about the effects of systemic racism, um, systemic uh, over uh, a a system overburdened. Right. Um, Instead, they showed it to you and they showed you that what it really is and kind of what the history of America has been is white guys running around with crosses, right? Because they have a plan. They know what to do because they're not talking to anyone. They're not involved. They're outside of it. And I think to me, symbolically, the way they changed that camera and he was running over there and they mixed the footage, it made it feel to me like, um, even though it's a different time period, it made me feel like nervous, like those kind of some of those civil rights marches that they, the way they would film, and then it would turn into violence after that, Mm. right? It made it feel that way to me, except the violence at the end of Holden putting that cross and doing that was almost a violence again of domination, right? Of like, I'm subverting this entire morning thing for this cross. And my idea of I'm going to find the killer. I'm going to rescue you people, right? I know better Mm. than you. That's just kind of what I thought. Yeah, no, it it, it really, (laughs) it was, it was strange, but it, 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 that's why you have to like kind of rewatch it or go in yeah. depth because there's a reason. The for grain all that. and everything was when that popped uh, up too. And I was yeah. trying to think, did they do that? Have they done that before? I, I don't think so. I, I thought again, there was something where this it's there's possible. I don't know I if it was remember. this season or not. Yeah. I don't remember. And if, it was so familiar. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. DVR podcast, DVR at, podcast gmail. at gmail.com. You got a list. Seriously, send it if to you us. have any. Yeah. If you, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, if you have any thoughts or if we mess anything up or whatever, please contact us. 
we, we, we would love some feedback depending on when you're listening. You could be listening now. You could be listening years later from when we recorded this, but we're always going to be talking about Mindhunter. So, uh, and various things like Axel said, we're going to go over John Douglas's books, some Fincher films, different oh, true yeah, crime yeah. things where we're, we're going to branch out and really relate everything to Mindhunter since it's kind of the birth of the profiling and everything. So um, got a lot of fun stuff ahead. Uh, but I, yeah, the Jim Barney, it, it's just amazing how just by going there and talking to Pat man's uh, mom and then going into his room and, you know, I was looking at all like the Pac-Man, Pac-Man stuff around and they really set dressed that very well. Oh, it was um, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but like just by talking to her and then she just opens up, and it's like, yeah, they hung out together. They knew him and that brick house, you know, and it's just like, what? These, there's this connection to all these victims. Like, and, and then it, and it just keeps happening. It's like uh, eating, a, you know, artichoke leaves or whatever, where they just you know, unpeel it. And yeah. It's like more and more. It's just like um, doing the work. Jim is doing the work. Jim's doing the work. And that's He's not what hold work. it like when they were getting so frustrated about the. Um, how they had to go through much through so much bureaucracy and red tape to obtain the crosses that they then had to build, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that to me was kind of funny because Holden is complaining about it. We've got, to, but he is allowing himself to be swept away by it. And this idea and his singular focus and his ego really allowed him to be swept away where Jim was involved. Look, look what Jim did. He was at the he was at the office. He keeps he's there like several times greeting uh, Bill when he arrives and filling him in. He's at the interviews. He's putting the crosses together. He's out interviewing people on the streets. Right. Going through files. When, yeah. Going when Holden th- gets the files and then yep. <laughs> Holden brings them back to Jim. Hey, uh, so silently in the background, who's doing the fucking work, Jim. And that is he has become. And if there ever is a season three, he has become such a valuable member of the team um, that he is filling a role between Holden and Bill when they can't really fill it. And really, yeah, and Jim, yeah, and actually, Jim is very good at handle both of them. Yep, like he, is. he 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 does fit in, and you know, Bill wanted to hire him, and they, you know, of course, nepotism yeah, came in. Damn Shepard, some of them should have hired him. Well, not yeah, not just nepotism too, right? I mean, this as this episode illustrates. Do you want to talk? A, do you want to mention that the uh, church scene a little bit? Because I think that that's a really interesting. Yeah, scene. let's go there before before we. We'll probably end with a little bit of the story, the B storyline with Wendy. Um, but yeah, let's let's definitely go to that church scene. It was a very important scene in this film. Yeah, uh, this film, it, in this series. It is like a film, right? And I was going to say, I mean, yeah. look at all the people in the in this church. I mean, you know, the thing is, is there's just when you get a great team together, and when you have a director like Fincher, and when Netflix gives him the dollars. You can shoot a scene like this and not for a second does it look fake or 
like there's extras or anything. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, it looks, oh. everybody in the audience was an actor, right? Like the faces, the reactions were real. Different people were speaking up. Just the mm-hmm. way that it built up from the mayor to who's the other guy, the, the commissioner or the DA? Yeah. I always forget his title. The guy who you know, was I always get, telling yeah, holding I off. Co- I think, I don't know. I think he's the commissioner. The, is he the commissioner? Okay. So then who's the, the big guy that the mayor. Okay. He's the, yeah. yes. The guy who's mainly speaking is the mayor when we start, right? That, yeah. Yeah. Doing, the, oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's the mayor. That's the commissioner. And that was just the, uh, um, yeah, I, Sorry, I I get confused because I'm thinking of the documentary and I know what the real life mayor looks yeah. like. <laughs> so I'm like, I wait know, a minute, was he that? Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, but you, you're right about that's a great point because a lot of times you could tell extras. You can just in sitcoms and different things, you can tell extras there. Yeah, you know, someone's in the background just like that's great. To, yeah, that's just great direction. You're he Fincher. Whoever the first day, whoever people are going out there, they're talking to individual people. This is we're going to focus on you. We really need to see it. You know what I'm saying? And you really felt it build and build from one guy having to talk, then the other guy, then they're kind of, he's kind of kind of pushes over his shoulder, so he's also talking. You know, <laughs> and then yeah. finally, in the end, um, uh, oh, I should say, and Jim and Holden on the side having a little conversation where Holden's like, are the, aren't these his constituents? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, they are. They're really taking them down, you know? And then they go back yeah. and forth. And at, at first I thought it was interesting because Holden is viewing it not only as a, from a political perspective that he's the FBI guy, right? And he's had, He's had interactions with these people, so he knows kind of the hierarchy of what's going on, whether they want him there and blah, 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 and publicity. But there's also the fact that he's like one of only like one or two white guys in the room, right? right, He's in a city that he is not from, uh, and that's under a lot of strain. So Jim is kind of interpreting it to him, and I Mm -hmm. thought that that was so interesting that Jim kind of is giving, like, it's almost like there's a wall between them and everyone else, but that's kind of the way Holden sees the world. But overall, the yeah. way that it ends when the two, when the men go off and then it's the woman who's been, yeah, Camille re- Bell. Yeah, yeah. She, when Camille comes up and she, and her speech is riveting. Oh, it's what they needed. And they even comment yeah. on that. Yeah. And what is she talking about? She is not talking about, the system and the plan and the blah, blah, blah. She's just talking to their feelings and to their emotions and what they've been through. And that's what like no one was doing, right? Everybody holding bill, everybody except for Jim and her are kind of like caught up in this other thing, which really doesn't involve the human beings and the loss and the feelings. And it's not until you really sit with the people like Jim and like her that you make these connections to how the kids know each other and what house they were hanging out with, which by the way, they knew four episodes ago. 
Oh, I know. I know. They knew the same shit four episodes. They talked about the guy at the house and the taking the pictures. And remember the guy? And what are they into? Music. So we're going to see how these clues come together and how really, in a sense, I think Holden missed a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. The music thing. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but that was a little, little antidote that will set up something in the future. Um, Not the first time it was met and Holden actually made a little mention of that, but didn't follow through. Didn't follow through. Um, But that's part of a case. You, 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 you go towards the things that you think are important, but that's why every little thing, especially when you interview a witness or interview someone, any little detail can help. You compile the data. And then all of a sudden, if you start seeing certain things pop up in different ways, wait a minute. You could start connecting the dots and get and form your own leads from these minor details that together may become a major detail, you know, and that's how investigation works and, uh, you know, add the human elements and everything else. And, you know, things, you know, they did mention Holden with his tunnel vision, um, you know, because what if Holden is wrong, <laughs> that it's an African-American man? Uh, I mean, what if, you know, you have to leave everything else open. Yeah. And of course, Bill is going to become the liaison as they're going to go uh, try to, um, you know, get information from the KKK and see what's going on. That's um, that I can understand. Right. I understand yeah. that. Hold, hold, what's that? Holden's reaction. Yeah. When when he looks at him like <laughs> and Holden's like, it ain't going to be me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. Right. And and as this um, as our cop friend is saying throughout, the judges are sometimes the racist. He keeps on dropping like these. Yeah. The chief does right. That, yeah. yeah. Hints about it and saying, hey, look, we've this is an issue that exists here that we've got to deal with. And Holden doesn't understand. And they, it's like somebody has to slap him in the face and be like, listen, motherfucker. Sometimes when a big case like this happens, it gives us the opportunity to start other investigations that we've always wanted to start. You know, like you need to understand better the way the system works. Um, We understand you want to profile everyone, bro, but we have a problem with the KKK here. and And we now we see an opportunity to bust some heads, you know? Right. So, but. Is that really good? Because it distracts. So I understand everybody's point here. It's a catch-22. I think that really the only way to get through it is to understand it and try to do the best you can, as Bill is trying to tell Holden to do. But he's incapable of that because of his own issues. And the things that make him incapable of seeing that picture are also the things that make him capable of seeing the mind of a serial killer. So right. he that shouldn't be Holden's job. Like he really should be left out of the room when they're making these calls. Right, right, right. Bill and Jim should be in the room and Holden should be off profiling, you know, yeah. and feeling like he's useful. Um, and that and and Bill would probably realize that if he had the time to be there. But he doesn't because his son's he thinks his son's a serial killer. Um, so it's just so well written. And I just have to give a shout out to how you start an episode like this and you're thinking about the last episode and what's happening and they so successfully embroil you in this kind of structural procedural 
you know, systematic bullshit like the wire does, but it's fascinating to see the, the machinations of how the clockwork is, you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. really, it, it really blows your mind. It's good shit, man. Yeah. And just to add, um, Terry Pugh, um, 16 year old who was found dead. And the, at the end, they did say Luby Jeter's body was found. Uh, so he's no longer missing. He's, yep. uh, tough. Um, so we got a little, uh, at home with Wendy, <laughs> um, her and Greg are going over the Bateson thing and they're just frustrated that they knew where Bateson knew where she was going. And so we stopped the interview and, uh, gun wants to see Wendy and basically, uh, Gunn is pretty much telling Wendy, yeah, you and Greg, I don't want you guys interviewing. You need to be here. Yeah. Um, and Wendy's really like, no, I I, I, I want to do this. And this is, you know, and, and I feel bad for her because she's really uh, losing everything with, you know, with Bill and Holden on a case in Atlanta. And there's a lot. Oh, we'll get you more staff and we'll 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 train people. But it's just like. Uh, poor thing. And there's a great shot when uh, Wendy's in Gunn's office where Gunn sits down and and then you see the profile of Wendy. It was a nice yeah. intimate shot there. Yep. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that framing of that. Um, that nice was just catch. so. Oh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty awesome. And you just really felt like you're in the room with them. Yeah. Like, and it makes you huddling. feel it makes you feel like she was so alone. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, even if she is in a room with someone else, she's only really in the room with herself. And that does yeah. kind of describe Wendy. Wendy's a, Wendy's an interesting story when it comes to Mindhunter. I think a lot of people have different opinions. And I know that there's a lot of different opinions specifically about this episode and how they deal with her relationship and her character. I, for one, think it's not a thorough examination, but I'm glad they gave it time. And I think if I think that it they maybe could have done Wendy a little bit more justice with a little Mm. bit more time. But then again, you don't have time for everyone in a show. And I think they did devote a fair amount to Wendy and what she is doing and how she fits into this whole story and also about how her sexuality and how her relationship this season mirrors Holden's relationship last season and -hmm. how they Mm -hmm. deal with it. Um, I think that the argument that she kind of gets in at home is, uh, was to me a pretty typical argument that people have. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows both sides of how uh, Kay sees things, how Wendy sees yeah. things. I, I almost feel like, let me ask you this about that. Wendy's very smart, and I know she has her, I mean, it's like the odd couple, this relationship, of course. One that's free love <laughs> and, 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 and yeah. you know, what, you know, doesn't want to be yelled at for later on having a dirt, not cleaning a dish. And Wendy's very you know, organized and anal. pragmatic and whatnot and anal <laughs> to be nice. Uh, to, but w- w- do you think Wendy, she, f- you know, she fell into that argument about a roommate mm-hmm. about moving in. It wasn't like, Hey, here's a key. Would you want to move in? You're here four nights a week. Do you think Wendy with all the crap that's going on at work? Do you think she intentionally 
wanted to get a rise out of her or didn't think it through? Like, what do you think Wendy's motivation there to approach Kay like that? Because, <coughs> excuse me, um, because she should know that's not the way to approach Kay. I think Wendy is in, is incredibly intelligent. I think when it comes to her job, she knows what the fuck she's doing, and I would follow her anywhere and listen to her, and is so enlightened. But her own personal emotional development is stunted, and I think it was stunted by society by being a lesbian in a time when that was very, very difficult or near impossible to be out right by the fact that she entered a relationship with a much older woman when she was younger and felt dominated by that relationship that she had no choice in it. Right. That's how we found her. Right. Right. Um, and I think that she doesn't know what to do. And I, Mm. I, and I actually think Kay was a little bit mean, honestly, uh, to Wendy. I think that Wendy is, is that is, in the same way that Holden is just a genius in some areas, but in other areas is like the dumbest dude you ever met. So Wendy's the same way. We all have our blind spots. And I think that this is something new for her. She's never had a relationship. She never started a relationship. She told her she never went on a date with the woman. She never hit on a woman, right? Yeah. Like she only had ever been with that one woman. This is the way yeah. her character has been presented to us. And it's interesting because if you look at all like the relationships in this show, um, aside from Bill and Nance, because I think Bill is he's older, more mature. He gets things, even though he knows what he has to do, but he's trying to spread himself, spreading himself too thin. Uh, but Holden and Wendy just, you know, seem that, they're dating the wrong people. Yeah, they're like emotional they just, teenagers, dude. Yeah, and they just don't know how relationships work. Because yeah. Holden got very selfish, and it was all about him. And then, uh, you know, and they're both dating Wendy and Holden, both dating these free people, like not hippies, but I guess, you know, in that vein of yeah. just, you know. And it is interesting that we're seeing the other side of it from a woman's perspective, but it's this, it's a lot of the same stuff that Holden went through uh, with his relationship. So it's just very interesting. Yeah. Um, you're right though. I think she got caught off guard because she didn't think it would be a fight. She's just doing what she knows. Yeah, and not, she doesn't know. And Kay, and Kay, Kay does seem frustrated. Like she just, I don't know. She, she doesn't want to be held down. No. And, it, and she's just, you know, she, she really likes Wendy, but I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't see, uh, you know, with her struggles and I don't know. It, it, it It's, hey, I'm sure. You know what's so yeah. low? If you were, it, let me tell you this. If you were Wendy, okay, and I was Greg and you were telling me about, and we were sitting in the mind hunting room and you were okay. like, okay. hey, Greg, this is my relationship. And I'll be Greg and I'll be like this. Hey, Wendy. Kay doesn't even want to live with her kid. You think she wants to move in with you? (laughs) That's all I'd have to say. And then I'd say, get me, can we get a coffee now? And let's talk about that tape again, because that's the end of the discussion. It ain't going to work out. That's just the way life is. But it's interesting. That's why I wonder why the show, you know, you have to think 
kind of like why it's in the show, what it really says. I think it has a lot to do. I think they do use Wendy's sexuality as a pathway to discussing how they deal with other than heterosex on this show, right? Right. And how right. they view it within the context of serial killers, basically, right? Or serial rapists. And I think that when Wendy has the conversation with Bill about Brian and they and and Bill's main question is, did we do something to turn him into this? Right. Or is he born right. this way? And I think that these are questions that Wendy herself is thinking, right? And when we mm-hmm. think about her relationship with Kay, hey, for you and me, Solo, we're liberal guys. When we see two women in a relationship, we just see two people in a relationship, right? But right. there are other right. people who cannot comprehend this. And sure. in a sense, sure. Wendy is one of those people. If you think about yeah. the, t- oh, yeah. right? the yeah. time period, right. what she had gone through, right? So when you think about it that way, um, I think it's interesting because what it, it just shows like kind of the spectrum of human behavior and diversity um, within and within that spectrum is both very loving um, type of a sexual relationship that you may not understand or or do, but it's very loving and wholesome and good for the people. And then the other spectrum, again, is something you don't understand, but it's absolutely terrible and it ends in murder, right? And it's understanding that difference that that that's what mind hunting is all about. Yeah. And, I mean, Wendy is going through such a struggle. I mean, the whole thing at work, changing careers, leaving the only relationship she really knew with, you know, with the woman, yeah. uh, being controlled. Now she's trying. She's almost acting like her former girlfriend in a sense of trying to control but it's the wrong person to control nice. good one I you know like what i that. mean yep, yep. like she that's, that's her she's taking like well that that's the thing when we go through relationships when we go to our next relationship we take what we learned and what was yeah. maybe even done to us to another and then we try and when we use what we know and then usually it doesn't work and then we move on to another one but she's 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 trying to she is using those fundamentals almost and it's just not working with Kay because she's not her, <laughs> you know, so so she's learning about herself. Well, and I think it was, you know, a small scene, but it was really uh, it really meant a lot. And if you could really look at it like, yeah, they didn't give it enough time, but they but they gave it enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like if you analyze it, you realize, wow, that wasn't just a throwaway. Scene. Oh, let's get Anna Torv on screen. This had a lot. This this was an important part because they've been building it for the whole season with her being at the bar and buying a drink from her yeah. and flirting and, you know, talking about, you know, you know, they go bowling and, you know, it, it, so um, I, re- I really, I really enjoyed it. But Wendy, I think one of the themes, even from last year, Wendy is very alone yeah. and it's in more ways than one. She's trying to, you know, make her mark or go a certain direction with the FBI, her, you know, her relationships, as we said, she's, in the closet and trying to find love and, and understanding. And so it, it, she's going through a tough, it, it's very tough for her. And I think that's why her and Bill are starting to get close is because they're both going through similar, but different things. But at the same time, they, they can talk to each other and, and, 
and, and, and Bill has a way about him. And then, and that's what like Wendy needs. You, you feed into Wendy's, just be honest, be calm and talk. And then Wendy starts to come out of her shell and, you know, even like when she's like, don't worry about, you know, the applications or whatever, you know, do it next week. Like immediately she sensed Bill was going through a lot of problems. I mean, she knows his problems, but that he's so overloaded, even though she needs this stuff done. She's like, do it next week. Like yeah. she closes the door so they can have privacy. Like, I, I just love the Bill and, and Wendy relationship where where it is now, uh, at least at, uh, in this episode. Um, cause Bill, 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 it's not like holding, I'm doing this, doing this by Bill goes to Wendy. He's like, you know, I, I understand. I'm sorry. I thought this case would be done. And, mm-hmm. you know, so he, he, Bill again is great at dealing with people. Yeah. He's fantastic. Mom and dad and baby Holden. Out there, <laughs> there you go. Hunting. Now we the need mines. Grogu. Yeah. With Grogu. Exactly. Greg is Grogu. <laughs> Greg is Grogu. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Greg, man, I, I, I don't know. I he even when he just shows up real quick, I like him. And yeah, he he also was like, "Don't be so hard on yourself," you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. I do overall. Um, uh, there was a um, on one of the Mind Hunter Facebook pages groups that I'm in. People still love talking about it a little bit. Oh, cool. There was someone who made a a woman made a post. And said that she felt that the show kind of gave Wendy the short shrift and that also, you you know, they didn't show the sexuality between um, the two women in the same way that they showed Holden and his girlfriend. And my response to that, and that was because they were uncomfortable or something of that nature in a, you know, a negative way. And my response that got a, I think a lot of people agreeing with it um, was that no, in as a matter of fact, this reflects the characters, not the creators. Don't be so quick when you see something in a movie or a TV show to assign um, intent to the creator in a negative way. First, in your mind, try to flip it because a lot of what film and TV is about and filmed medium, as we know, solo is Mm -hmm. showing you something that makes you think right and kind of and flipping your mind in a way that leaves you more open. So I think in a lot of ways, the relationship with Wendy speaks more to her uncomfortability with herself, her learning about herself, right? Um, her standing up for herself, finding agency. So a lot of the hesitancy you see in their relationship, I think is more indicative of them viewing Wendy's relationship through the character of Wendy, who is the person we're viewing it through. Yeah. And like when they have that great sex, like she finally let herself, you know, she, she didn't have that before. And all of a sudden it was just like her mind was blown. Yeah. And, and it was like, but they showed that. And, and, and but again, they still have the un- she's still exploring herself. Yeah. A little covered. She's, right. She's still covering yeah. herself a little bit after. A little, yeah. yeah a little you know, she, yeah, she, it's who she, she is. Yeah, she she's she's opening up and Kay is bringing out that. But it's not going to all happen overnight. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and with Wendy, I mean, granted, too, if we're doing a show, hopefully more than two seasons, you know, you're not you're not going to just do everything 
you know, ultra fast and eight episodes, you know, it takes time. And that's what yep. the show is. And, you know, and just unfortunately we're in limbo right now before a third season. But um, no, I think they're doing a, I think they're true to the character. And, um, I, you know, I, I would have to agree with you and others on that, um, you know, because, again, it's one of those shows. I don't want things to happen too fast. Yeah. Like, I love the slow. I think people say slow burn, but this is something that isn't. Like, you know me, I love my law and orders and everything, but I, I do laugh because they solve cases in, you know, 43 minutes of screen time, <laughs> you know, but that's that's just the way it is. That's a procedural whatever. This is like, this is like, this is the real way. Like, you don't solve cases, you know, in two days. Uh, it takes years, months, whatever. But it, but that's what this show is. And that's what The Wire does. Why I love it. I you know, I separate between when I watch a law and order, I know it's going to be wrapped up in some way, but you know, and there's a lot of time jumps and stuff with trial, but like, I, I enjoy that so much, but then I get lost in a show like this. And this is what makes this particular show so amazing. So, you know, it, it's, I, I'm okay with the slower pace and development. Uh, but, but, but they get, they reach certain arcs though, throughout the whole season. So, um, they, they do a great job at doing both. Yeah. And, and as far as the job goes about pushing her out of the interview room and into mm-hmm. like the more theoretical and teaching stuff and analyzing stuff, um, that's a tough one because I almost kind of agree with it. You know what I mean? Like, um, it is good for Wendy to get out there and interview people, but she's not an FBI agent. You know no. what I'm saying? Like she hasn't been trained in the same. Maybe she needs to, maybe she should have said, well, Hey, this is the way I'm training. Or do I need to get certificate? Do you know what? I mean, I don't know on honestly, I don't know the rules about it, but it seemed to me that the reason why Wendy was going out there is because one day Bill and Tench couldn't make it. <laughs> right? right, and yeah. they said, "You go, Wendy." And then, and then well, Holden was the like, thing. "Yeah, Wendy, you go." You know, and Holden and but, Wendy went, and then right, so. Yeah the the big issue is there's one of her, and there can be many of interviewers. I agree with that too. Don't you know? I, you know, that's yeah. the thing. As much as I would want to say, Wendy, I don't want to lose you to this. I want you to do what you want, but Gunn has to step in and be like, "Listen, I need you here. You're the you're you know you're you're the one person who can." get all this data and define it and make it work and figure things out. And, you know, or maybe, you know, once in a while, go on an interview, you know, if you can, like, yeah. like they did, but, but it, it's just, you know, I, I, as much as I would want Wendy to do what more she wants, um, we, I mean, from Gunn's perspective and from the whole operation and long-term thinking ahead, she does need to be there because without her, I'll be honest, this, you know, may not come together, you know, yeah, you in see, the right way. Exactly. <laughs> you got the three main people here and they're all being stretched, you know, and that yeah. does fall on gun. Like, hey, motherfucker, hire some people, divert some funds, divert some people over here to do this or that or the other thing, you know, get mm-hmm. us some great new recruits or new agents or tell us, you know, let us maybe that's what the next season would have been about, you know, um, or will be about hopefully. But I think it's also, you do wonder you, 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 you have to, your cackles have to be raised a little bit like, 
okay, are they putting, are they keeping the woman in the office? You know what I mean? Like you do think like that. Oh yeah. I didn't even, yeah. yeah, Cause of the system and what we're talking about with what's going on in Atlanta and how, I mean, this is a, this is the way things work. Right. But I do think in this case, and maybe I'm wrong because I don't know enough about the FBI ins and outs haven't worked for the FBI, at least not lately or that I can talk about on the show. <laughs> um, Keep that quiet. Yeah. It sounds like he was right. He was actually right. You know? Um, and I think that Wendy does need to be kind of the mastermind of everything. She needs to be coordinating all that. Not a field agent is basically what he's saying. Like, but she wants that experience and you know what? Maybe she got it, you know, really she kind of feels a little defeated. She wants to go out there and get another one. And I think there's a little bit of competitive fire in there too. Sure. Sure. That she feels. Yeah. I didn't, I almost had him. you know, but that's kind of fun. Yeah. All right. Good job. Uh, anything else you want to get into before we get out of here? Um, no, so I got to I got to I got to take a plane back to D.C. It's Thursday. Oh, man, <laughs> I know it really is Thursday. God damn. If you were only here holding every time <laughs> Bill walked away, Holden was like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I do want to give a shout out to us seeing the social worker again. I thought that was cool and sudden. And um, I also want to give a shout out to um Nance meeting with the mother of the baby oh, that died. Right. Yeah. We didn't that was talk weird. a lot about that scene, but yes, it was very weird. I felt a lot of conflicting feelings. I felt that Nancy was angry that that woman came over there. I felt she was upset. I felt that the way the woman said, apologize to her and said, I'm sorry for what made her feel more guilty and not less guilty. Right. Right. And I think that there was really almost like a psychological study that could be, I just find that scene to be so well-written and also shot like Nancy, literally the actress was amazing. She like did not move for like three minutes. Right. Yeah. Like she's just looking at her, not moving, not doing anything. And I thought it was, she really, what a great actress she is. I, I, I don't know if. They kind of put her in a different hair and 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 clothes. Yeah, so I, and stuff, yeah. I don't know if I've seen her in other things, but she's really great. Um, but that scene was amazing overall. A lot happening this episode. Can't wait to get to the next episode. We've only got two episodes left. Uh, I can't even believe it. Just, just another great episode of Mine Hunter, man. And I could yeah, use some, I could use some more salt on these eggs. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> Remember, that's what Kay said? Remember? Oh, no, I know. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I know, I know where you're going. I, I like it. I like the way you pulled See, that. See, I got I, one I, in there. Yeah, you did get one in there. How about the song? There was a great song oh, that yeah. ended the this. The Police, baby. Yep, yep. Darkness by The Police. Added it to the Mindhunter mix. I will, uh, I'm, I'm making a Mindhunter mix, so we'll, we'll get it on Spotify. You like playlists and cool songs. Follow me on Spotify, HK Hollywood. I got tons of, I have like 250 playlists. I'm gradually putting them on there because I have them all on iTunes, but I want people to enjoy them. So anyway, uh, thank you, Axel. This was a lot of fun and we're two away. 
Um, remember, you can go to dvrpodcast.com to find out what we're all about in the grand scheme of things beyond Mindhunter. And if you want to become a patron, you know, and support the pod so we can keep doing this uh, for a few bucks a month. That's all it costs. Pretty easy. And you get exclusive content. Go to patreon.com slash DVR. And uh, a lot of good stuff in the works. I've been slacking on film list, but I promise I will be getting some out there for you folks. Um, been, been retooling some things, but I'm ready to go again and drop some more films. Um, so, yeah. So for Axel, I'm Heath. We were hunting some mines and we're going to go into our little basement of an office and uh, watch episode eight and analyze it and uh, come back to you. But remember, Axel, wait a minute. What? You were looking for tape? Peace. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) You were looking for tape? (laughs) That's what he said. I know. That was great. All right, you're so the best, funny. buddy. What are you doing today? You're the best. Oh, there you are. I can see you. Hey, I'm back. <laughs>